Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 4th of December, 2023. We are live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. Hello to everyone in the live chat. I've also got Entropy Super Chats working. And so I noticed that uh, P. Cosyman, uh, one of my regulars, says that uh, once upon a midnight dreary while I pondered weak and weary over many quaint and curious volumes of Forgotten Lord, Tim was on time. Yes, I am 100% on time at Monday night and at 9 p.m., even though I still am on my MacBook, which doesn't have much uh, CPU, uh, but I managed not to overload it because that led to a 10-minute delay in the start of last week's show. And then obviously the week before, I couldn't get the my capture card working on my uh, Mac Studio. Uh, so I'm still using the, this is why I've had to switch back to the MacBook because so you can see me. Although it is uh, with a crappy inbuilt camera there. So, not only is it, uh, well, 9 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, uh, yesterday, uh, the my team, the Brisbane Lions, won the AFLW Grand Final Premiership against North Melbourne at Princess Park. Did anyone know or care that it was on? I know that the local media was pumped. It was on the front page of the Herald Sun, uh, both on Sunday and today. And uh, all the news alerts on my phone lit, lit up, but it's certainly no substitute for uh, the Brisbane Lions losing the, the big grand final, the proper grand final, the, the men's men's grand final back in September at the MC, MCG. Uh, the final score was a 7-2-44 for the Brisbane Lions to North Melbourne 4-3-27. Very low scoring affair. And this is because, well, uh, not only is it shorter quarters in AFLW, well, women can't kick as far as men. Uh, so obviously they're on the same side field. So there's not as many goals going to be scored. But I don't think I watched a single match this year, even even the grand final. Now we are in officially summer uh, here in the summer th summer southern hemisphere, and global boiling has finally arrived. Uh, the Melburnians in my chat, uh, Dawn Browning, uh, Palo uh, Conservative uh, Australian, it's got up to 30 degrees uh, today and uh, we'll do tomorrow as well uh, so I'm sure that we will get uh, the, the the bushfire alerts apparently Sky News weather they're promoting themselves as uh, what is it, Australia's uh, 
bushfire coverage channel and the ABC promotes itself as Australia's uh, emergency communications network. The Pale Conservative Australian says it was raining on the first. Explain that, Tim. Well, it just took a few more days for summer to officially start. And, well, COP28 has started in uh, Dubai. And so perfect, perfect timing. I'm sure we will. Luckily, Airbus Elbow, he hasn't gone there. He sent a blackout Bowen there. I'll get to a, a, our uh, weak uh, beta male uh, prime minister shortly. Uh, but of course, uh, the, the big scary news uh, came out of Ballarat on Sunday uh, when the National Socialist Network uh, decided to march in the, the main street of Ballarat, Sturt Street, and make their way to the Eureka Stockade Memorial because uh, December 3 is uh, 169 years since the Battle of the Eureka Stockade against uh, government, government uh, tyranny and excessive taxation. Uh, now, I, when I was uh, checking out uh, the, the usual Antifa accounts for a, for a lull on a on a Sunday afternoon. They finally had something to hyperventilate about and get their knickers knickers in a knot. And uh, Channel Seven, uh, Paul Dowsley, uh, he had a report ready to go uh, by uh, six p.m. Uh, that evening. Police are reviewing footage of a white supremacist march through Ballarat this afternoon. Paul Dowsley has the latest. Paul, locals were shocked by this unannounced demonstration. And police were shocked too, Blake. They had no advance notice of this demonstration that started about 12.30 this afternoon with uh, masked neo-Nazis marching through the streets of Ballarat, including the main strip, Sturt Street, walking on roads and chanting with loud hailers. At one stage, the intimidating group from the National Socialist Network stood outside the Ballarat police station. They also gathered around the Eureka Memorial. Today is the 169th anniversary of the Eureka Stockade in Ballarat. And police say there were no major incidents today here, but uh, they, uh, that could mean they didn't see any of the now outlawed Nazi salute in this group. But they say their top priority was uh, keeping the peace. We spoke with one local who watched this happen as he had lunch with his daughter. It was confronting. Uh, at the time, I, I thought it was uh, maybe a bit of street theatre, but uh, as I came closer, yeah, I, I realised it was uh, the real deal. There were a few people yelling uh, at the marches, uh, uh, yelling their disapproval. Just about to head off back home, and there's a big protest happening by all these racist idiots. Uh, but I thought I'd share that. I was just blown away by what I just witnessed. Officers did stop one of the group and uh, speak with him. They held him there by his wrist, but police say he was not detained or arrested. In, in fact, they say there were no arrests, but as per usual, they will be looking through any footage and any CCTV to see, Blake, whether any laws were broken today. All right, Paul, thank you. And uh, now, fact check uh, that... Uh... That uh, uh, boy that was arrested, well, he was uh, he's only 15 years old. He wasn't part of the NSN uh, group, uh, but he gave a Nazi salute as they passed by. He probably forgot or didn't even know that it was illegal, and so they pounced on him 
there uh, because that's a maximum of one year in prison now, uh, displaying Nazi symbols or gestures in public. So uh, we had later that evening uh, the the uh, the the local member for in the federal parliament for Ballarat, uh, the uh, the infrastructure minister Catherine King, uh, saying that uh, bigots, racist Nazis have no place in Ballarat. I mean, I'd be shocked if she didn't say something like that. It's like the 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 politicians they express the same disgusted, outraged statement every time NSN appear in public. And it's sort of like, oh, uh, thank you for saying that, because if you didn't say that, uh, I, I would have had no idea that you're against uh, Nazis. So obviously there has been a continued fallout today. Uh, Wayne Gatt uh, from the, uh, the Victorian Police Association, they are actually beginning industrial action uh, today. Uh, giving away the locations of uh, speed uh, cameras, so flashing police lights to alert motorists uh, of where fixed speed cameras are. Uh, there was a uh, there was a report in the Herald Sun uh, that uh, said that seventy one percent of Victoria police officers are burnt out, uh, 64% frequently think about quitting, and 28% said they're likely to leave the police workforce within the next 12 months. That's likely a hangover from COVID because there would have been a lot of decent uh, police officers who wouldn't have liked uh, enforcing uh, the COVID lockdowns i mean uh, the overwhelming majority you would say and also hope aren't uh sadists who like uh choking women uh pepper spraying grannies arresting pregnant women uh, now the reason why i think going back wayne gatt has said this is because uh, there's the usual uh, social media outrage why didn't victoria police do something they were just uh, uh uh, driving beside in their police vehicle, they, they they seem to think that because a because they said Victoria Police there was no they didn't detect any offences had been uh, committed, and we do have free speech and free assembly in Australia unless there's a virus with a ninety nine percent survival rate, and so the. So they're obviously trying to uh, uh, the the police trying to cover their uh, cover cover their bases so they don't get accused of uh, uh, facilitating uh, facilitating Nazi uh, gatherings uh, because they're like oh we'd like there to be more laws allow us to shut down Nazi rallies but sadly that's up to the politicians wink wink. And uh, tonight uh, on Nine News, which you would say is probably a, the, the the most uh, uh, ferociously uh, hardcore against uh, the National Socialist Network after uh, Thomas Sewell uh, uh, was found uh, guilty of, what is that, uh, uh, it was, I think it was in the end, what is that, uh, reckless, reckless conduct, uh, assaulting that uh, Channel 9 uh, security guards. So this was this was uh, their report tonight, uh, featuring guess who? 
Well, calls are growing louder to outlaw Nazi gatherings after a group of masked men marched through Ballarat. Yelling racist chants, they posed for photographs at a Eureka memorial and in front of the police station. Penelope Leish has the story. Dressed in black, their message, white supremacy. The National Socialist Network, neo-Nazis, marching through the centre of Ballarat and the streets around Sovereign Hill. Shouting, you know, the most horrible things about um, people of colour and it was just disgusting. I come from another country and you think it's... No, they're going to be safe. Thomas Sewell, the only member of the racist display showing his face, the group descending as Ballarat marked 169 years since the Eureka stockade. Community members outraged the men who took photos at the police station were allowed on the streets. What they were yelling was incitement and racial abuse. Um, it was absolutely horrific. And I, I don't understand why Vic Police allowed them to, to continue marching and to continue yelling that. Unfathomable that in 2023 in Victoria, a group of neo-Nazis Nazis can walk down the main street of a regional centre. Police spoke to a 15-year-old boy who wasn't attached to the march. Officers are currently reviewing footage with Nazi salutes and symbols outlawed. But many say the law doesn't go far enough. This is not Nazi Germany. And perhaps it's time for the government to consider outlawing the glorification and celebration of Nazism. We are working towards anti-vilification legislation to make sure that the law has the tools that it needs. This is the Eureka Monument, one of the places the group came to pose for photos. Organisers of the Eureka celebrations say not only is there no place for neo-Nazis here, but they clearly don't understand the history. Over 30 nationalities pledged allegiance to the Eureka flag in 1854. Now, Penny, this has prompted greater uh, demands to give police more powers. Well, Wayne Gatt, the Secretary of the Police Union, Alicia, he says that realistically they would like to see these sort of actions, these sort of marches banned. But as it stands, the police are quite hamstrung when it comes to the particular legislation. Unless people are committing those salutes or the Nazi symbols, the, uh, the government say they will be looking further at that anti-vilification legislation. But those in Ballarat today have told us as well they feel other protests in the past from the trade union and from other movements have been heavily policed mm. and they certainly want to see further action on this issue. Okay, we'll see what happens. Penny, thank you. Uh, so seven and nine years, they found no shortage of uh, Ballarat locals who uh, were shocked, uh, frightened, uh, disgusted. It's clear that uh, the average person gets, gets their views, uh, well, uh, their idea of what neo-Nazis are like uh, from uh, movies uh, such as American History X and the local romper stomper that they they could just go out and uh, mob bash a minority uh, if they look at them the, the wrong way. Uh, that's, that's, that's the sort of view that they have and that's pro that might be the the view of uh news corps uh, resident uh, homosexual reporter shannon molly who wrote uh, this uh, for news.com.au terrorism experts warn neo-nazi movement in victoria poses a serious threat to national security i mean shannon molly he did write a op-ed many years ago about how he was uh, bullied and beaten at high school for being gay. The headline was, you're going to die, poofta. So he probably fears that people like Thomas Sewell uh, would have bashed him in high school. 
Uh, so it says here, a neo-Nazi group that staged a frightening protest in a regional city on Sunday poses a serious threat to national security and community safety experts have warned. Uh, so the first export expert that he quotes is John uh, Coyne from the, uh, I think it's, it could be pronounced Cone, I'm not sure how the Y is pronounced, is the head of strategic police, policing and law enforcement at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. That's the uh, neocon uh, think tank in Canberra, uh, very hawkish on China. They do receive funding from uh, the Australian and uh, US governments. A uh, Michael Shoebridge and Peter Jennings have been their previous executive directors. Uh, so John uh, Coyne has been involved in researching far-right extremism since the early 1990s. Their commitment to their cause clearly isn't so strong given that they protect their identities by wearing masks. That's not brave, but in any case, it's absolutely disgusting in 21st century Australia to see a demonstration of this nature. The vast number of Australians would be would look at abhorrent behaviour like this for what it is, small-minded and ill-informed. And quotes uh, one we have heard heard of quite from a bit. Joss Ruse is an expert on extremism at the Deakin University and the chief investigator on the Australian Re Research Council study currently underway on the far-right movement. Uh, now, I wonder if he's lobbying for his uh, university to change names, given that there was another uh, media article on the weekend uh, about uh, Alfred uh, Deakin, a former prime minister and the the, the 1900s, uh, architect of the white Australia policy, which, and this is how the National Socialist Network, uh, one of their a, one, of, uh, one of their arguments about uh, why they are defenders of Australia, why they have the slogan Australia for the white man, because we did have the white Australia policy from 1901 to 1967. That's history. You can think that's great, like the National Socialist Network, or you can think it's a, it was a disgustingly racist policy, uh, but it's still history. But I digress for a moment. The numbers we saw yesterday suggest the group's membership isn't growing, but while the group is very small, it is very active. But we should always take extremism seriously. If history teaches us anything, it's that groups and individuals who idolise Hitler and Nazism should not be ignored. And then going down the end, it mentions uh, Thomas Sewell and Jacob Hirschner's uh, court cases. Uh, so going down here, uh, Devere Abramovich, chairman of the Anti-Defamation Commission, and said, Hitler must be smiling at the sight of the group invading the streets of Ballarat. This is beyond despicable display of depravity belonging in the 1930s Germany, not in our state. Imagine the grief a Holocaust survivor in Ballarat or their children would have felt confronted with this outrage, which they probably thought would never see in their lifetime. The group's hate-filled behavior is also akin to spitting on the memory of the Australian diggers who fought and died in World War II. It's not just Jewish people, groups like the National Socialist Network hate, but also Indigenous Australians, Muslims, the disabled, members of the LGBTQI community and other ethnicities. What is driving this campaign is the great 
replacement theory, the belief that the white race is threatened with extinction by a rising tide of non-white immigrants controlled by a cabal of Jews. This atmosphere of vilifications and dehumanization can lead to murder, as we saw in the lone wolf shootings around the world. Brenton Tamp, who this group tried to recruit, actually used the slogan, the great replacement. Dr. Abramovich has called on the Victorian government to outlaw all promotion and glorification of Nazism. Ballarat Mayor Des Hudson told news.com.au the actions of the cowards cloaked in masks were not representative of the community. And the former Deputy Mayor of Ballarat and uh, local, local councillor, Amy Johnson uh, decided, well, she must not have been really scared of uh, Thomas Sewell. Uh, he was the only one unmasked. I'm sure that uh, Cass Roche, she's studying the physique of all the, the mask and SN members to work out uh, who's who because she studies all the physiques of the, the NSN members. Uh, but this is Amy Johnson uh, deciding uh, to go to the Eureka Memorial and confront Sewell and the NSN. Uh, now, Thomas Sewell, he's back on Twitter and uh, uh, X, I should say. Uh, his uh, new account is at Thomas Sewell X. So he responded to Amy Johnson's tweet uh, video. Uh, so she posted a uh, caption that while all around them, families and friends gathered to listen to live music, share food and celebrate Eureka, the most successful multicultural country in the world. And Thomas Sewell replied, yes, the diggers that brutally wiped thousands of Chinese invaders off Lamming Flat and fought to the death against corrupt Victoria police at Eureka will forever be memorialized by the lukewarm festivities, sitting cross-legged at the park, listening to live music. And he followed up with a, another, another tweet. I haven't, uh, haven't got that uh, tweet up on the up up on the screen but i'll go i'll go get it so we'll see how long a thomas Sewell lasts on uh, twitter x uh blair cotrell has said that he hasn't been able to uh, get back his uh, twitter x account uh joel davis uh, he is uh, still uh, tweeting uh, profusely uh so he said, this is actually on his uh, te telegram, account, uh, telegram account, he said, uh, for those who do not know the history of the rights and standoffs during the 1850s and 1860s was the closest we came to a full race war and civil war against the corrupt regime bringing in non-whites into Australia. More will explain when my speech is released in the coming days. In the meantime, uh, juice it. So 
Devere's idea is that because banning uh, the uh, the salutes and uh, well gestures and symbols obviously uh, isn't going to deter the National Socialist Network. So I don't know how the because uh, the uh, the Allen uh, Labor government will do its best to uh, draft laws. Uh, to make as much of national socialism illegal as possible. But if they did outlaw it completely, like it is in Germany now, it would have to be through a constitutional referendum uh, because we have uh, implied right to freedom of political communication in Australia. And in the 1950s, when Robert Menzies uh, passed legislation to ban the Communist Party of Australia. It was struck down by the High Court. He tried to put forward a referendum uh, to outlaw uh, the Communist Party, which failed. I wonder if they would go that far to actually ban believing in national socialism in our constitution. And would it pass? Because you would have a all of the the parties uh, united in 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 supporting it. I mean, last week uh, the Liberal opposition uh, pressured the Albanese government to implement a federal uh, Nazi salute ban, as well as banning Nazi symbols and the sale of Nazi memorabilia. And in Victoria, is actually the Liberal deputy leader David Southwick who who has actually led led the initial uh, campaign to ban the swastika and then ban the Nazi salute. Uh, so they will go as far as they need to, they feel they need to go to basically just outlaw a National Socialist uh, gathering in public or maybe, well, I think the German ban even covers private uh, gatherings. I know that... Uh, because the the danger about out uh, uh, as we are seen with uh, Germany outlawing uh, national socialism is that these these bans can be used to silence parties or speech which is anti-immigrant, and uh, there is an attempt in Germany to try and ban. Uh, the alternative for Deutschland uh, through the federal constitutional court. Uh, certainly a, with the uh, Harriet Singh, uh, the Victorian government minister, said that looking at strengthening anti-vilification laws. And so does that mean that all opposition to mass immigration would now be illegal i mean we already uh, the we already have a quite a number of free speech laws in australia racial and religious tolerance act uh they're beefing up vilification laws in new south wales and also here expand uh, there's legislation being drafted uh, to expand it to sex sexuality gender identity disability age hiv status Paleoconservative Australian says it's not Romans, they are hailing down taxis. Well, I think I've showed you the sign before. It still instructs people at tram stops to hail a tram. And this is the ridiculous thing. I mean, how do you hail a tram in a way that can't be mistaken or resembles a Nazi salute? Because that's what the legislation says. It's illegal, something that resembles a Nazi salute. 
And also, going back to Australia's history, you can like it or not, but pre-1967 Australia, we're just going to make that part of Australian history illegal. Uh, is the Liberal Party going to disavow uh, their founder, Robert Menzies, because he was a supporter of the white Australia policy? Are Labor going to disavow uh, all of their pre-1967 leaders who supported the white Australia policy, such as Arthur Cole? I mean, are we going to, is, is 1967 just going to be the, the year zero of Australia now? Uh, that's like how how far how far do we go now moving on to well apparently a nazis uh marching in the streets that's apparently uh re- the, the the most uh scary sca- scary thing happening in australia right now not the 141 uh, uh, uh illegal immigrants or uh, who are now on the street uh, following the High Court decision that indefinite immigration detention is unlawful. Now, the High Court, they fast-tracked their reasons last week about uh, why they made this ruling and overturned a 20-year precedent, uh, given uh, that uh, there was so much political fallout and community uh, concern. They released the judgment, but not the reasons. Now, the High Court in their reasons said that the federal government, they can put forth a preventative detention regime uh, to put, because uh, many of these uh, high-risk detainees, uh, murderers, pedophiles, uh, rapists, national security risks, these are the people that we should really be scared of. It's the final week of Parliament uh, this week. And so uh, the Albanese government, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill, is uh, hoping to introduce a preventative detention regime uh, similar to the preventative regime that keeps convicted terrorists locked up after they've completed their, their sentences. Though the preventative detention regime, a court has to approve the detention order. Uh, so this is with both High Court rulings this year, uh, the one on indefinite detention and also ones uh, stripping dual citizenship uh, from convicted terrorist defence uh, uh, offenders. Uh, the High Court basically has said that uh, the, the executive uh, can't act as, well, punisher past sentences because we have the separation of powers in our constitution uh, so executive uh, judiciary and legislature if they're going back to a year 11 legal studies there uh, now as i said previously i don't think a referendum to repeal the separation of powers would be successful now this legislation i could see uh, hopefully uh, all of these people are back in detention. Uh, but uh, for one a woman in South Australia, it is, I have to say, allegedly uh, too late. Uh, one of uh, the released uh, detainees, a convicted uh, sex predator, uh, we're allowed to name him, uh, Aliwa Yawari, a Afghan, 
Uh, so he was labelled a danger to the Australian uh, community. Uh, so now he is uh, back behind uh, bars. Uh, the 65-year-old faced the Adelaide Magistrates Court charged with two counts of indecent assault just, just three weeks after the High Court decision. Uh, so uh, he had been documents released to the Adelaide Advertiser reveal a, a Yawari had been living at the Pavlos Motel on Main North Road in Purika. SA police allegedly indecently assaulted a woman at that location on Saturday evening. He immigrated to uh, Australia from Afghanistan in 2010 and found a job at Bordertown uh, soon after. So I, I guess I shouldn't say all of them are illegal immigrants, but they certainly managed to get their foot in the door into Australia uh, through indirect me uh, means. The owner said he was not aware of the alleged assault until he saw police lights and sirens outside the reception. He said that Mr. Yarrow had been taken to hospital four or five days ago with back problems. It has been confirmed he was wearing an ankle bracelet. Between October uh, 2013 and December 2014, the father of seven launched attacks on women in rural parts of South Australia. In 2013, he was convicted of assault, but acquitted of rape and received a suspended prison sentence. Two months later, he was charged after indecently assaulting a woman before hitting her in the neck with a walking stick. Judge Paul uh, Cuthbertson, during the sentencing in 2016, called Yawari a danger to the Australian community and an ongoing risk to women. He jailed Yarrow for three years and 11 months with non-parole period of two years and eight months. He was then transferred to immigration detention where he remained until his release in mid-November. This is absolutely horrific. Uh, and there is now, obviously, uh, the, the yeah, well, uh, many people are blaming the High Court. Uh, so Brucey says the High Court is responsible for rape. But there is a debate about did uh, the Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill and the Immigration Minister Andrew Giles, did they need to release all the, these prisoners given that this uh, 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 detainees, given that this case was just about a, that uh, convicted Rohingya pedophile who raped a 10-year-old boy, uh, NZYQ. And now, in their desperation uh, last week, uh, the Albanese government, uh, Claire O'Neill, uh, because uh, uh, the Dutton opposition voted down a legislation on Monday, which would have made it illegal for a, the child sex offenders in these cohorts to be around schools and childcare centres. Uh, she uh, called Peter Dutton a protector of pedophiles for that. Peter Dutton said that uh, the laws didn't go far enough and should wait for the High Court judgment the next day. Andrew Giles claimed that he allowed NZYQ to apply for a visa in uh, 2017. Now, this line of attack was never going to work, given that, well, the, they've tried to paint Peter Dutton because their strategy is now get Dutton. They've tried to paint him as a heartless person who's too tough, but apparently he's now uh, too, uh, too soft, even though he's a former uh, Queensland police officer uh, who was in the child sex offenders squad. Uh, the reason why he uh, advocated for a royal commission into uh, child sexual abuse in a remote Aboriginal communities is because that's where he saw uh, some of the most terrific uh, child sex, sex and family 
violence in uh, those remote uh, communities in in Queen in northern Queensland and other parts of, of Queensland. And also as Home Affairs Minister, he cancelled uh, the visas of sex offenders and pedophiles. And the only uh, Albanese government minister who was dumb enough to repeat it outside of uh, the parliament uh, was uh, the aged care and sport minister, Annika Wells, on the Today Show. And Peter Dutton has said that if an apology is not, not worth forthcoming he'll consider legal action and he did uh sue refugee advocate uh shane uh, bazzi for calling him a rape apologist in a tweet uh so peter dutton uh doesn't just let uh slurs like that go through to to the to the keeper uh he he, he takes action against those who rape who engage in outrageous accusations and albanese uh, as uh, typical of a weak uh, beta male uh told uh, neil mitchell uh, on friday it was neil mitchell's uh, final uh, final day in the job final uh, final interview with the prime minister he said oh i'm not responsible for what my ministers say uh, I'm responsible for what I say, basically uh, throwing his ministers under the bus, even though it would have been a talking point that they strategize in his office. Uh, so he's, because it basically uh, backfired, Anthony Albanese just, yeah, he just let his ministers, I yeah, uh, hang out to, to, to dry and uh, seemed to imply that wasn't his idea. And now, even though it was Neil Mitchell's last day uh, in the, the th in the 3AW uh, booth, uh, being the, the COVID bedwetter that he has always been, he turned up to the studio with a face mask on. It's one of those uh, cup masks. I mean, seriously, uh, Neil. I mean... Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe that's why he's uh, uh, he's uh, quitting going to the the the, the studios now. because we're in another wave. Too too scared of too scared of COVID. I mean that is absolutely uh, pathetic. There I was also uh, Nine News uh, Melbourne uh, reader Peter Hitchner's uh, last uh, weeknight uh, bulletin on Friday. He's moving to weekends. He's in his late seventies. Neil Mitchell is still going to do his. Uh, podcast why uh, but uh, good riddance over uh, uh, we still get stuck with uh, Tom Elliott in uh, mornings now he's moving from afternoons to to, to mornings and uh, Tom Elliott he ha regularly has uh, Devere on uh, to uh, hyperbolically hyperventilate and Tom Elliott even encouraging encourages him say oh shouldn't all of this be illegal basically tom elliott basically says oh it like says to devere oh i thought all of this was illegal already can't we have even more laws uh, against uh, what is outraging you uh devere uh, so expect more of that when uh, tom elliott uh, moves to mornings in uh 2024 uh now why is Albo now known, or Albozo, as uh, Bernie Finn, uh, former Victorian MLC, MLC, has nicknamed him, why is he now being called a weak beta male? It's from a focus group that Redbridge uh, conducted, which is led by Cos Samaras, a former 
a state a Victorian Labor uh, campaign uh, director. They did a number of focus groups in inner Brisbane seats and in South Australian seats. And it was a Queensland voter who said uh, that Albanese appears to be a weak beta male. He's a follower, not a leader, always wanting to be liked. And you, you saw it during the the voice campaign. He always wanted to be around celebrities who uh, were endorsing uh, the voice, sports stars like Eddie Betts, Michael Long, Jonathan Thurston. Look, I'm with so-and-so and uh, he's uh, supporting uh, the voice. Yeah, of course, uh, Albanese tries to, you know, be hip, cool, wearing t-shirts and sculling the beer. Uh Though he has uh, uh, changed himself, uh, <laughs> grounded himself uh, for uh, uh, for the rest of the year now, Airbus Elbow, uh, so not at COP28. Uh, uh, like I said uh, before, he wants to be on standby in case there's any uh, catastrophic uh, bushfires this summer. He doesn't want to be like Scott Morrison, uh, that... Uh, who snuck off to Hawaii uh, during the uh, during the the Black Summer bushfires there? So he's going to be in the country for the the summer, just in case he he needs to be on the the ground and uh, uh, getting some water uh, for fire uh, fi- uh, uh, fire people displaced by bushfires and giving hugs to distressed people uh all that sort of uh sort of stuff now his a government as a, a in the the previous week a introduced well the finance minister katie gallagher uh she introduced a the a, the digital identification uh, bill and this is what she posted on X, digital ID is not compulsory. It is voluntary, secure, and convenient way for you to access online services safely without having your personal documents stored by third parties. I'm proud to have introduced our digital ID bill this week. This technology will transform our economy. And uh, this was her uh, poo-pooing people who oppose uh, this glorious digital ID. And I cannot believe that those opposite are going to side with people who are going to pretend this bill is a whole range of things that it absolutely isn't. So when they say it's mandatory, it's not. When they say it's going to steal your identity or it's a big government conspiracy, it is not. This is about personal control of your own information. It is completely voluntary. It's an important economic reform that needs to happen. And it needs to be done quickly so that we can respond to Optus and Medibank where people's documents have been taken and have been misused and their privacy and their control over those documents has been abused. Please support the government's position, which is for a committee inquiry to report by the end of February. Thank you, Minister. Senator Canavan. Yes, because uh, government servers are 100 per cent secure. I mean, the Australian government's never been hacked uh, by a foreign adversary uh, before a governments uh, of course uh, they the their security is second uh, to none and now this digital id will store online 
a it will a it will store uh, so it's there's been this website digitalidentity.gov.au now even though uh, the coalition opposes it now uh, this was being drafted uh, during when Scott Morrison was prime minister and Stuart Robert was the minister responsible I, it's it's of course sold as uh, secure, convenient, uh, voluntary, and uh, efficient, reusable, private, uh, secure. And so, it's got instructions here on how to create your digital ID. And so, what it uh, what it if we go to uh, there, there's a MyGov ID website, and so. A, it has a basic identity strength and so uh, standard uh, they want to uh, want you to import your driver's license your passport birth certificate a, cit a citizenship certificate or visa uh, foreign passport whether applicable uh IMI card or medicare card so basically all of your government documents in one location which if it got hacked your identity could be uh stolen easily and you'll see the community note which has actually been removed now from katie gallagher's uh, post on twitter x maybe she lobbied for it it says labeling digital id as voluntary can be misleading if it has become a implicit requirement for essential services a case in point is india's ARA system where initially voluntary digital IDs became essential for accessing various public services and benefits. I mean, try opening a bank account or a mobile or, or registering a mobile phone SIM card uh, without uh, certain points of ID. And well, utilities, uh, bills, and and that uh, because well, Eve. Going back to uh, the justification for why NSN members cover their they cover their faces because well it's not just about they fear losing their jobs but also be debanked and uh, obviously if everything is, all institutions everything is connected to your one ID you can see how that would become a social credit system pretty quickly and we already had a dry run with the various state governments uh, COVID uh, vaccine QR code check-ins uh, which was for contact tracing as well Scott Morrison gave uh, the state and territory apps service apps access to your Medicare records which actually uh, might have been illegal uh, which will uh, somebody should really challenge that re retrospectively and uh, now even if the morrison government had been re-elected and they would probably introduce this like they would have introduced the mis and disinformation bill uh guaranteed uh one a national backbencher who would have crossed the floor to oppose it uh matt canavan uh called out uh katie gallagher's uh, <laughs> uh stupid uh promise or guarantee that it's voluntary. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Acting Deputy President. Well, the government's already been found out in spreading misinformation about its digital ID bill. Last week, uh, the minister in this place claimed that their bill had nothing to do 
with a digital identity, when in fact the bill is called their own bill. It's called the Digital ID Bill 2023. It's in the title. I think it might have something to do with digital ID. The minister followed up on the weekend. Uh, minister Kater Gallagher followed up on Twitter, uh, or X now, she said that digital ID is not compulsory. It's a voluntary, secure and convenient way for you to access online services safely without having your personal documents stored by third parties. Well, uh, she's failed again and has been now revealed of uh, spreading more information, more misinformation because Community Notes, Readers and X, have, uh, have put a note up that's been accepted by X saying that uh, the minister might, might be wrong here because labelling digital ID as voluntary can be misleading if it becomes implicit requirement for essential services. They're exactly right because whatever, whatever the government says about their bill being voluntary, I remember. Do you remember when they said the vaccine would be voluntary? Indeed, some people today still claim that there was no one was ever made to get a vaccine. You didn't need to have a job. You didn't need to go and eat out. Uh, you could have just got the vaccine instead. It was your choice to get the vaccine. I remember that. They all said it was voluntary. Well, now they're saying a digital ID is voluntary. You should be very careful about the weasel words used by politicians in their own bill, in section 74 of their own bill. It does say that this, is, this, this can't be used to, uh, you can't use a digital ID to make people access a service. And then later on in section 75, subsection 4, it actually says the minister can exempt people from that requirement if it is, wait for it, appropriate to do so. That's it, <laughs> appropriate to do so. So where is this all headed? We, you can either trust the politicians that tell you it's voluntary, or you can think back about how you've been treated the last few years by those very politicians. Don't believe a word they say. Uh, oppose this digital ID. Oppose this expansion of government oversight. We're a free country and we should remain that way. And the Albanese government has earmarked $145 million for the, the rollout of uh, the uh, digital ID. Uh, so Katie Gallagher said, we're just handballing it to a committee, yet uh, you've already uh, put forward uh, that amount of money into uh, the budget. And now Peak Ozyman, uh has said, sadly, Canavan will be one of those that loses his seat at the next election. Uh, Matt Canavan, he uh, was re-elected to the Senate at the 2022 federal election, so his term doesn't expire until 2028. Uh, he is uh, a Queensland... A, colleague uh jared rennick he lost pre-selection uh for the the next election uh of a ballot of uh, queensland lnp members even though peter dutton uh wrote a letter endorsing him uh so another one who uh campaigned against vaccine mandates and for vaccine injury compensation uh russell broadbent uh, the member uh for monash the only federal mp who did not in the well who's uh, still in the lower house who did not get vaccinated he lost pre-selection uh, for the the next election i mean he was in his 70s so they can, and he has been in Parliament uh, since uh, the the 1990s, on and off, albeit. So that would have played a factor in his uh, pre-selection loss. Uh, but uh, Russell Broadbent, he made a speech at the beginning of of 2022 uh, that uh, he took uh, ivermectin uh, to uh, for him to overcome a, his uh, COVID infection. Uh, so he's uh, now resigned from the Liberal Party and is uh, sitting as an independent. 
Uh, so the coalition, they're down to 56 seats uh, with, uh, they had 58 at the election. Uh, so, uh, but they lost Andrew G from the nationals who resigned to support the voice. He looks foolish now. And also Russell uh, Broadbent, Actually, they're down to 55 uh, because they lost the Aston by-election. Labor is up to uh, 78 now. And we also will be having a by-election for the uh, southern eastern Melbourne seat of Dunkley uh, with the, uh, the death of the Labor MP Peter Murphy at the age 50 uh, from breast cancer. Uh, she was only in Parliament uh, last week. She died over uh, the weekend quite suddenly. Uh, so there's been uh, a lot of sadness for that. She had been the member for Dunkley since 2019. I actually ran for the seat of Dunkley for the Liberal Democrats, now the Libertarians, in 2016. Uh, Peter Murphy, she was the Labor candidate back then. It was run. Uh, it was won back in 2016 by uh, the Liberals' Chris Cruther, who's now the state MP for Mornington. Uh, so in the new year, that'll be an electoral uh, test uh, for weak beta male Albanese, uh, because uh, even though it's on a healthy margin now, I uh, think of about, uh, let's see if I can uh, look up here what uh, the, the, the margin is here. It was held uh, from 1996 to 2016 safely by uh, Bruce Bilson, who was a, a Howard and Abbott uh, government government minister. Uh, so uh, Peter Murphy, uh, well, she did hold that seat on a 6.3% mar margin. Uh, it's centered around Frankston. Uh, so this could be a big uh, election test uh, for Albanese. There was a, a there was a resolve poll uh, that uh, was uh, released uh, today, uh, which had it was slightly less bad uh, for Albanese. The Labor primary vote at thirty five percent, and uh, for the coalition thirty four percent. They don't do two party preferred for the for the resolve poll. Now, also uh, last week, uh, Pat Dodson, uh, the Indigenous Labor Senator for Western Australia, announced he was uh, resigning uh, because he's battling cancer as well. Uh, he, he, known for his uh, really uh, big uh, beard and uh, hat, uh, his uh, beard is gone because obviously uh, a chemotherapy for cancer, uh, but he is... Uh, in one of his last acts as a senator uh, was to uh, deliver a, the Joint Standing Committee on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Affairs uh, report into the application of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, UNDRIP. Uh, so it makes six recommendations uh, to ensure that the Commonwealth government's policies and legislation on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people be consistent with the articles of UNDRIP. Uh, so this includes develop a national action plan in consultation with First Peoples. Sort of sounds like a voice by stealth that the people voted against in uh, back in October to outline a coordinated approach to implementing UNDRIP across all jurisdictions, improve education on Australian history, civics and human 
rights relating to uh, Indigenous uh, Australians, so more brainwashing, establishing an independent process of truth-telling and agreement-making. That sounds like the other two components of the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which obviously the Australian people voted against the first part, a voice to parliament, back in October. So another by stealth, a, 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 by, a by stealth implementing the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which Albanese has not wavered from. And this is what the left do left do really good is basically just uh, implementing these sorts of things by stealth. I mean, the Ardern Hipkins government in New Zealand uh, did that uh, with uh, co uh, co governance. Why wouldn't Australians uh, be the first to become a province of the UN? We basically already are. That's the future of Australian civilization for you. Well, thankfully, New Zealand, under their uh, new coalition government, under Prime Minister Chris Luxon, Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters, and uh, ACT Party leader David Seymour, uh, they are withdrawing from uh, the uh, World Health Organization uh, pandemic uh, treaty, uh, which has uh, triggered uh, their former globalist Prime Minister, Helen Clark, and also unwinding co-governance and not a, a New Zealand is not going to become Aotearoa, and all governments departments are now going to be back in English, abolishing the separate Maori Health Authority. New Zealand is uh, it looks like it's going to be made great again, which is uh, pretty pretty awesome. Though a Albanese, a although. It's looking very downhill for him at the moment. Uh, Peter Dutton is looking, he's, uh, he's in a position of strength. The party is united uh, against him, uh, is united behind him, I should say. Uh, there is no uh, internal challenger. I, the the Labour Party, they're trying the, the, the same uh, teardown strategy against Dutton that they failed uh failed to do to Tony Abbott. Now, Abbott won in a landslide. They was cut down by Turnbull. This won't happen to Dutton because there is no uh, uh, stalking horse in the shadow. Uh, there's no Turnbull-like figure uh, wanting to take uh, Peter Dutton's job. There's no Josh Frydenberg in the parliament anymore. Uh, so Albanese, uh, he will be hoping uh, that there is uh, no uh, interest rate rise tomorrow, final Reserve Bank meeting for the year. Michelle Bullock obviously is very bullish when it comes to crushing inflation, raising interest rates. Uh, though, uh, they will be hoping, uh, the Albanese government, that the Australian Bureau of Statistics uh, revision of inflation at the end of the, uh, for the year ending October uh, was 4.8%. Uh, so I'd be hoping, so that's under 5%, still not within the target to 2 to 3% by 2025. Uh, so we shall, we, we shall see uh, what the decision is tomorrow, uh, but the money is on interest rates being on hold. Now, has anyone been watching on the, the federal court uh, YouTube uh, channel, uh, the Bruce Lehman uh, defamation trial? against Network 10. Uh, so it is all being uh, live streamed. Uh, so you can you can uh, watch uh, the, uh, the, the testimony and cross-examinations as uh, they happen. Now, the federal court at the end of the day uh, puts the, uh, puts the uh, 
uh, record uh, the the live streams on Unlisted, though. Uh, so you can still view it. They haven't put it on private, uh, but uh, they yeah put it unlisted so you can't see it on the YouTube uh, channel. But uh, the link still take. They still have a se- they they have a separate link for every uh, live link for every day. Now, the mainstream media, uh, when Bruce Lehman was cross-examined by Network 10 lawyers, they, uh, they, they did their best to, uh, to paint him as a liar. They, set, they mentioned that he lied to uh, Fiona Brown, uh, Linda Reynolds' chief of staff, uh, about his reasons for being in the parliament after hours, that he'd been asked to get some documents. Obviously, Bruce Lehman was lying to try and uh, protect his job, uh, which he uh, failed in and got fired. Uh, he admitted in court that he went on a cocaine bender uh, the night that uh, the project interview with Brittany Higgins by Lisa Wilkinson went to air. And there was also footage released from the Australian uh, of uh, after uh, Bruce Lehman, it was announced that he wouldn't be facing a, a retrial. I did his own spin on that song. I fought the law and Bruce won. Uh, so all of the mainstream media, uh, the Twitter feminists said, look at Bruce caught out lying there. And also uh, got, it went a, a condemning uh, Channel 7 uh, as well uh, for giving him a platform. It was also revealed that Channel 7 is, uh, paid his rent uh, for a year uh, for the, the interview. So the Walkleys is looking like it will pull the nomination for that Liam Bartlett interview with Bruce Lehman. There was two that aired, but when Brittany Higgins took the stand and she was cross-examined by Bruce Lehman's lawyers, if, uh, if, if people, if there were, many people were already calling her Brittany Fibbins, there'll be a lot more calling, her, uh, Brittany Fibbins, after this and so the uh the daily mail uh did a article all of britney higgins self-confessed lies inconsistencies and admissions in the witness box uh this was one of the lines i thought i was telling the truth but i was not always uh correct uh this was when she was caught out in a lie she always uh, the, the justification was she was like oh it was the she basically said oh a it the, the, the trauma of rape, I didn't remember everything uh, immediately. This was always, uh, 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 so this is, this is what uh, she, uh, uh, she tried, to, tried to claim. And now there's so many lies that she's been uh, caught, uh, uh, caught out on and also uh, quite um, ex- explosive new uh, facts. Uh, so, Brittany Higgins, uh, two days after uh, the alleged uh, rape, uh, she spent the night in a hotel room with another male co-worker and uh, called in sick to go to the doctors for a rape kit, but didn't actually uh, go to the doctors and spent the next day in the in the hotel room with the co-worker. Uh, she also went on a Tinder date uh, days after the alleged rape. Uh, she falsely claimed uh, that Bruce took her underwear off on the project uh, in the project interview. Now it, it is revealed she was, wasn't wearing any underwear. 
Uh, she also uh, falsely claimed that she was found with her dress pulled up to her waist. The dress was on the floor as she said, thrown up on it. She lied, uh, obviously lied to police when she said that she went to the doctors after rape and uh, she, Brittany claimed that she missed a parliamentary sitting because she had a panic attack in the toilet for three hours. This was proven wrong as uh, she did attend the parliamentary sitting in the morning and was in the toilet for minutes rather than hours. Uh, Brittany Higgins also lied that she was first awoken by security in the office after the alleged rape. Uh, she admitted she actually woke up, replied to a text message and went back to sleep because as you would do after you'd allegedly been raped, just reply to a text message on salon and then go back to sleep. She's wiped all of her text messages uh, from that night so we can't see. Uh, Brittany also lied that she bruised her leg uh, during the rape, uh, showing pictures to police. Uh, the, bruise, uh, the bruise was uh, from a fall at the night at the nightclub and actually could have been a grass stain this is on top of the uh the lies that we already know about the cocktail dress she claims that uh, she didn't wear it for six months even though uh she uh, she wore it to a function at the 2019 federal election with uh linda reynolds who she claimed ghosted her linda reynolds is suing her uh, for defamation, uh, for her claim uh, that she wasn't supported after the alleged rape. And also, uh, Linda Reynolds confirmed that Brittany Higgins stole her Carlos and Patty jacket that she wore out uh, the next day because remember that she'd vomited on her dress. And Brittany Higgins claimed that she got it from a charity bin in her office. I mean, yeah, because there'd be a Carlos and Patty, uh, uh, Carlos and Patty jacket uh, just lying lying in a charity bin as 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 there is so pegasus says why do women do that it's weird and gross if you go put some fucking undies on now obviously we don't know what's going on britney higgins mind i mean did she make the whole thing up because she was scared of losing a uh, her job and uh, now fiance David Shiraz. I mean, he was basically the architect behind the media strategy, uh, tipping off Katie Gallagher uh, that the story was about to break. And uh, there, or maybe Brittany Higgins has uh, convinced herself that she uh, she she was raped. Bruce Lehman uh, claims that they didn't have sex at all. Uh, my money's on that. Uh, they probably did have sex, but at the end of the day, it's a he said, she said. There's no, uh, there, there, there's no uh, DNA uh, or any physical evidence. Uh, there's certainly no none uh, uh, because Brittany Higgins wiped uh, wiped uh, text messages. Lady Charlotte said it's her truth. Yeah, she said that uh, she wore the she she said that she wore the uh, the 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 jacket uh, because uh, she wanted to reclaim it. And also, uh, she before uh, she went to, uh, back to Parliament with uh, Bruce Learman uh, a couple of days before. Uh, she said that uh, Bruce tried to kiss her and she was creeped out. If that was the case, why would you share an Uber uh, with him? and then come back to Parliament House with him late at night uh, if you're creeped out uh, by him. That would just make no sense if you're uh, a woman who thinks he's a, he's a creep. And remember, she said she was, like, really drunk in that, and you saw the security footage. She's really uh, giddy uh, to uh, go, go in there. 
Now, there is a recording uh, that uh, Brittany Higgins uh, did with uh, her Michaela Cash, who she worked for after uh, Brittany Higgins. Uh, now, Michaela Cash has said that it's okay for it to be released as Brittany Higgins, but the Network 10 lawyers don't want it to be released. So there's more to it. Uh, this is probably uh, the, the the most amount of reality TV that I have watched, but obviously... Uh, it's this is a much more serious uh, subject uh, than a reality TV show, which is always uh, concocted. All right, let's move on to uh, state matters. Uh, so Queensland uh, goes uh, to an election in the last Saturday of of October next year. I know that our resident Queenslander, uh, Mac, uh, Melissa, is in the chat. I'm trying to find a comment. If you're still there, uh, Mac Melissa, uh, please say hello. Uh, so, Anastasia Palaszczuk, she uh, she was she won her first election in January uh, 2015, knocking over uh, the Campbell Newman LNP one-term government. Uh, so they won in a landslide. It was 78 seats to seven in 2012. Anastasia Palaszczuk won 44 out of 89 seats. And they got into government with the support of uh, independent uh, Peter Wellington. Anastasia Palaszczuk re-elected with a majority in 2017 and then re-elected with an increased majority in 2020. Anastasia Palaszczuk, she wants to run again in 2024. She released a presidential campaign style video a couple of months ago, though the Labor power brokers, they're attempting to tap her on the shoulder to uh, get her to step down uh, before the next election and uh, replace with either uh, the Deputy Premier Stephen Miles, the Health Minister Shannon Pentamol, or uh, the Treasurer Cameron Dick, uh, brother of the, the House uh, Speaker Milton uh, Dick. Uh, now, obviously, even though Palaszczuk, uh, she... Uh, <laughs> And, and, and she is very under underwhelming. She's basically checked out going all to these red uh, carpet events. She should never be underestimated. I mean, she's been underestimated her entire political career. She's kept winning election after election. The LNP, they in Queensland, they are famous at a state level uh, for snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. They are pretty, they've been pretty hopeless over uh, the years. Lady of Charlotte says uh, she won't. She has nothing else in her life. Childless, postmenopausal, overweight, unattractive. Uh, she is a a spinster, like uh, Glasgow Jicklian was. Uh, so, and she also wants to beat uh, Peter Beatty's uh, record for being the longest-serving uh, Labor uh, premier, and also uh, winning uh, four elections as well. Now, uh, down here in Victoria, our a new female premier, uh, she is not a spinster, she's a mother of two. Uh, in another break from the, the Dan, Andrews, uh, a, a Dan Andrews regime, uh, Dan Andrews was opposed to the legalization of recreational cannabis. Uh, Jacinta Allen says that she's open uh, to talks uh, because we have two legalized cannabis MPs in uh, the state parliament. So one of their MPs, David uh, Edishank, has got a, a private member's bill before the upper house. Uh, Jacinta Allen, the treasurer, Tim Pallas, and opposition leader, John Pesciuto, 
uh, admitted in their youth uh, to smoking a marijuana. Uh, they uh, they say they don't uh, now, but it was in their, their youth. Uh, David Limbrick, the libertarian MLC, who obviously also supports the legalization of recreational marijuana, has said, well, uh, if these MPs have admitted that they smoked marijuana in their youth and they're not going to support its legalization now, uh, then uh, why don't they turn themselves into the police? Now, when it comes to uh, the enforcement of uh, mar- like the, 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 the prohibition against marijuana, uh, Australian police are nowhere near like they're the US police who will ruin young people's lives if they find like a small amount of pot in their car. Uh, that is why uh, the legalized cannabis movement has uh, blossomed over there. And there's now a majority of Americans live in a state uh, where recreational marijuana is legal, even though it's still a prohibited uh, a prohibited substance at the federal government level. Now, as you all know, I'm a libertarian on, uh, on these matters, uh, so I completely support uh, legalizing marijuana, uh, that's uh, it had put uh, the uh, uh, the dealers and uh, illegal growers out overnight. I just wish uh, that uh, our governments were uh, committed across the board uh, to uh, ending uh, the war on drugs and not starting new war on drugs. Uh, so we have, uh, because uh, the federal government has consistently increased uh, the uh, the tax on uh, tobacco, we now have uh, the illegal tobacco market, and there has been a number of firebombings of uh, stores in Melbourne selling illegal tobacco. The tobacco was uh, lit up, uh, pardon the pun. The AFP have got a lot of resources uh, dedicated uh, to uh, busting illegal tobacco. And of course, we had the health minister, Mark Butler, last week uh, ban uh, single-use uh, import uh, vapes. Uh, that's the new moral panic, uh, vaping. And uh, is, there's an, apparently an epidemic of uh, children who who are vaping now. It's it's sort of like the, 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 the new public health uh, crusade after after covid uh the public health lobby they're also they 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 they've been outraged uh, that the new new zealand government has reversed the generational smoking uh ban uh saying this was world leading legislation implying that of course by world leading uh, world leading legislation must be good by uh default but after after a Australians stopped being scared of COVID, the public health lobby, the nanny status, the health fascists, they moved on to a moral panic crackdown on vaping. Now, the latest COVID wave uh, looks to have peaked. Uh, so uh, even though Norman Swan was on the project last week saying, wear a mask uh, for Christmas lunch. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, uh, the with 2024, almost upon us. It is not just an election year in the United States, but also the United uh, Kingdom. Uh, The mainstream media, uh, they are attempting to push a new virus uh, for 2024. Now, uh, last Monday evening, uh, not long after, uh, 
the uh, the end of Tim's news explosion, uh, the UK Health Security Agency they uh, reported uh, the first human case of a new variant of swine flu in a person in North Yorkshire. And uh, so this was during a, a routine uh, flu test on uh, 9th of November. And uh, apparently this person uh, did not uh, work with pigs or keep any as pets. Uh, they could have uh, a, done the David Cameron uh, uh, piggot and uh, put their cock or balls inside a dead pig, which would transmit uh, swine flu, but uh, probably to... <laughs> too embarrassed to admit it. Uh, so uh, this uh, this swine flu uh, variant, it, it is called uh, H1N2V or influenza A. And so uh, the British media uh, was uh, abuzz with uh, the experts saying, "How worried uh, should that sh uh, should sh should we be?" Uh, so. Pigs can sometimes spread flu viruses to people, but this is rare. This is from the, the BBC. Could it now take off in a big way in humans? According to experts, that they could take off in humans, this is unlikely. They're keeping a close watch to see what risk, if any, this latest case may pose to the wider uh, population. Uh, so there has been no further uh, cases uh, detected in uh, the UK uh, so far. Uh, so uh, this individual, not much is known about their age. Uh, so they had a mild illness and have now uh, recovered. So quotes virus expert uh, Dr. Andrew Catchpole said, Pig, pigs are a common source of newly emerging flu strains because they can catch flu viruses from humans and birds, which then mix and make new variants. That's how the 2009 swine flu uh, was born. And also quotes uh, Professor John Edmonds from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and says that it's right to be cautious. Although these events usually result in viruses that struggle to transmit to the new host, there's always a danger they can. These new these events need to be carefully investigated. Could it, could it cause a new pandemic? Profe Professor Isabel Oliver said, while there have been some limited spread between people, that is entirely different to a big outbreak. So far, this is the only confirmed case. We're trying to find out, understand how they inquired the infection. And it says here, the vaccines uh, that were developed for the swine flu of 2009 are not expected to provide much protection against the new virus that has just been found. New vaccines can be made, though, if they are ever needed. So rest assured uh, that uh, if uh, this uh, swine flu uh, variant uh, uh, takes off, Remember, Jane Holton has said that uh, the target is a, a new vaccine within uh, 100 days. Uh, so Linda Hunter says, uh, why on earth was he tested for this novel anti-ham rot? So what the UK Health Security Agency does is they, uh, so the uh, doctors, they they send, if they do a PCR swab, they send it back to the, the lab and According to Megan Cull, who's an epidemiologist at the UK Health Security Agency, the reason this was picked up because it was an atypical influenza A infection. And so they did some further testing and found it was a new variant of, uh, of swine flu. Uh, so I, 
so far there's been no calls uh to uh cull all the pigs and to incinerate christmas hams i would say enjoy uh your christmas ham i i uh, they're always awesome uh, they're rich christmas hams and also uh don't don't cut back on the 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 bacon or the the pork uh, the jews and muslims they don't know what they're missing out on uh by not uh not uh, uh eating anything with uh pig in it now later in the week a the mainstream media was back uh, talking about the mystery unknown pneumonia outbreak in china which this is a couple of weeks old and it was already confirmed that it was a mycoplasma uh bacterial pneumonia outbreak in children because they've had three years of lockdown and haven't been exposed to many seasonal bugs uh, it has just ticked over to, to winter in china it's a nation of one billion people they don't have a gp network so that's why uh families are taking their children to emergency departments now because there was uh, this alert that was uh that was put out uh, by promed that said uh a pneumonia uh, china unknown of course, that uh, brought out uh, brought, brought out uh, the the media fear, and also uh, the conspiracy theorists saying, "Oh, uh, this will be the 2024 psyop." And apparently, a so its nickname, this uh, mycoplasma pneumonia, is walking pneumonia. Uh, but uh, the mainstream media in the U.S. has uh, been been going with this uh this new uh made up name uh for this pneumonia called white uh white lung syndrome which on an x-ray uh any form of pneumonia uh shows up white spots on the lung uh so this is just a made up ma made up a uh, made up illness white lung sing syndrome and this is why I was absolutely uh, appalled and disappointed uh, that uh, five uh, Republican senators called on Joe Biden to restrict travel between the US and China in uh, response uh, to this rise in uh, myoplasma pneumonia and other respiratory infections amongst children in China. Uh, so this was... The, uh, all this would do uh, i mean this is just grandstanding from the republican uh, uh republican senators here uh so it is it is signed by marco rubio of florida jd vance ohio rick scott also florida uh tommy uh tuberville alabama and mike braun uh from indiana and so in this letter they said uh that uh as that says in their letter to President Biden, Senator Republicans repeatedly made reference to mystery and unknown illness. It's not. Uh, as you know, the Chinese Communist Party CCP has a long history of lying about public health crisis. During COVID-19 pandemic, the CCP's obfuscation of the truth and lack of transparency robbed the United States of vital knowledge about the disease and its origin. The World Health Organization is monitoring the situation in China and requested information on the disease cluster among children. We should not wait for the WHO to take action given its track record of 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 slavish deference to the ccp we must take necessary steps to protect the health of americans and their economy this means we should immediately travel between the united states and the prc to we know more about the dangers posed about the new illness we already do know and they're not new illnesses 
Uh, this is all, all, all shutting the borders would do is ensure panic. And is this going to be the new precedent uh, that if there's, if there's a, a number of people uh, sick in a particular country, slam the border. I remember that uh, the uh, the Liberal National Opposition in 2022 wanted the Albanese government to shut the border with Indonesia because of the outbreak of foot and mouth uh, disease in cows in Indonesia, were, uh, claiming that if we didn't, it would threaten our uh, beef industry. Of course, uh, Albanese government didn't uh, shut the border. Uh, which was the right decision, and there was no nothing uh, that uh, that uh, no uh, foot and mouth that came into Australia. And now this is the the full text of the letter here. And I think the the worst uh, part here is that uh, uh, that uh, it says that uh, a ban on travel could save a country from death, lockdown mandates, and further outbreaks later so basically uh these uh, republican senators they're they're basically saying that lockdowns mandates uh would are justified that's basically what they're saying and travel bans are justified even though uh this uh micro uh, plasma outbreak there's already uh reported uh reported cases in uh in uh clusters in the Netherlands, uh, in uh, Denmark, in other European countries, and also in in the the state of Ohio. Uh, so in one of the one of the, the the counties there. I'll just make sure I get the the county county right. Uh, so a tra- how would a travel ban help if uh, the if this uh, my, uh, my, my mycoplasma pneumonia is already in Europe because well it's winter uh, the this this bacterial infection always increases uh, during uh, winter uh, so it is in Warren County Ohio's Warren County 145 cases since. August. So this has been circulating since August. So it doesn't look like a, a pandemic to me. It just looks like seasonal respiratory illnesses. So absolutely shame on these Republican senators uh, for uh, tr- advocating for a COVID uh, fear uh, response here. I mean, probably it's just political grandstanding uh, because obviously... Uh, Nobody rightly trusts the CCP, but we have the we have all the experts, uh, such as Mandy Cohen, the director of the CDC. Every expert who the mainstream media interviews says we don't need to panic about this. These are all known uh, viruses and pathogens. Like these are the same people that told us to be alarmed over every COVID wave, but now they say nothing to worry about. You're all of a sudden alarmed. It's like the reverse thing that. You believe in UFOs uh, when the government denies them, but when the government admits they're real, you say, oh, I don't believe them anymore. It's like this. Like, you really think that if this was serious, like this was something to be concerned about, uh, the public, you know, health experts, they, they'd be eager to say, be afraid, not not be afraid. Uh, so, and the media, they just, it's a new level of lying, uh, just saying that, Oh, mystery unknown. It's not mystery and unknown. And they're just regurgitating the same news from two weeks ago, like it's new, new, new that it's fresh news. And they they report like the, the who requested information like two weeks ago, and they're reporting it like it happened yesterday. I mean, seriously.
All right, now let's move on to uh, COP28, uh, which is in uh, that uh, a, that uh, net zero, uh, a clean energy paradise uh, known as Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Now, thankfully, Alba, Anthony Albanese is not there, but most of the other world leaders are. Uh, so Emmanuel uh, Macron of France, uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, the British uh, Prime Minister, and of course, uh, the king of the climate crusade uh king charles uh, of course he's been a, a climate cultist ever since it became fashionable he addressed uh cop uh, 28 uh speaking in uh in uh earthly uh basically mother nature terms 2050 our grandchildren won't be asking what we said they will be living with the consequences of what we did or didn't do. So if we act together to safeguard our precious planet, the welfare of all our people will surely follow. And we need to remember too that the indigenous worldview teaches us, teaches us that we are all connected, not only as human beings, but with all living things and all that sustains life. As part of this grand and sacred system, Harmony with nature must be maintained. The earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth. That sounds like something that a speech that Greta uh, could could have read. Of course, uh, she has met uh, King Charles. Marg has appeared in the chat and says, Tim sounds angry tonight. I'm angry when people try to make lockdowns and COVID happen again. That really pisses me off. You know, I, I love being free. Uh, I don't want anyone to take that from us ever again. So it looks like there will be no uh, new uh, agreement at uh, this COP. I mean, there's one every year. Obviously, a, what is that? A couple of years ago, Glasgow, that was the big uh, net net zero. Uh, now Rishi Sunak, he only delayed what is that? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the net zero measures uh, by about five years. So the outlawing of of uh, uh, petrol and diesel cars, and he was lauded by the the, the fake uh, conservative uh, press uh, like Talk TV and GB News. Oh, he stood up to the climate lobby by just delaying some climate measures for. Uh, a few years. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. I mean, Rishi Sunak, he was the chancellor in Boris Johnson's uh, green government. Remember, Boris Johnson said, Kermit the Frog was wrong. It's easy being green. And of course, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Johnson was in his ear. She was a big uh, greenie uh, as, as well. Uh, though a uh, Chris Bowen, uh, of course, uh, he's a hysterical anti-nuclear uh, relic. Uh, the, the there was agreement that uh, nuclear nuclear energy uh, can be used to achieve uh, net zero emissions reductions. But Chris Bowen uh, he he doesn't like that bit, so he's just junking junking that. Even though uh, Lady of Shalott says uh, Princess Nut Nut. Who's Princess uh, Nut Nut? I yeah. King Charles has always been woke. The, the Prince's uh, Trust, uh, which it was a charitable foundation 
uh, he had uh, when he was uh, Prince of Wales, which now Prince William's over, uh, oversees. Basically, uh, that charity almost exclusively helps uh, non-white, non-Indigenous uh, Brits. Uh, I mean, certainly... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. How come? Uh, how come uh, that's not important uh, for uh, Britain to implement, or uh, the Netherlands to implement, or Ireland uh, to implement? Uh, so uh, Gert Wilders, uh, who, uh, as counting uh, has uh, has progressed in the the 2023 uh, Dutch Dutch par uh, Dutch parliamentary elections. He sat down uh, with uh, Ezra Levant of, of Rebel News uh, for, it goes for about 17 uh, minutes there because Gert Wilders speaks uh, fluent English. Uh, so it's actually, uh, I believe that it's, uh, so, uh, so uh, he's, he's, even though there's been some parties that said, oh, we're not going to end, uh, enter into a coalition. Gert Wilders is optimistic that he can put together a coalition government, but he says that will they will need to compromise. But he said what's not negotiable is uh, uh, the mass migration and asylum seeker issue and also uh, standing up for the, the Dutch farmers as well. So those two things Gert Wilders will never compromise on, uh, but he is confident that uh, he... Uh, that he can become uh, prime minister. And uh, now, uh, where things are not not a as you would say uh, not as promising over in Ireland. Now, with that, uh, there was that, uh, of course, a that Algerian migrant who stabbed uh, uh, three school children and a, a carer in Dublin, which the T uh, uh, Leo Vadica referred to as an incident, and it was the the the, the far right uh, who uh, were rioting in the street who were the the real uh, problem, and there is no choice for the Irish people. Uh, so, uh, 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 Fine Gal, uh, which is the party Leo Vadigal uh, he belongs to. Uh, is pro uh, open borders, pro uh, EU, pro globalism. So is uh, Fine FL, one of the. They're supposedly these are both centre right parties, and then of course Sinn Fein, the supposedly Irish Nationalist Party, which is a left wing globalist open borders party. There was a councillor uh, in Dublin who called for rioters to be shot in the head or beaten to death uh, by uh, mobs. So this. Uh, Grub, uh, his uh, his name uh, was uh, Azid Talakda, uh, uh, very Irish name. Uh, told a council meeting that he wanted to see the rioters publicly executed. So he is the Catherlek of the LCC Metropolitan uh, District. And of course, uh, there was uh, an investigation for a potential uh, hate crime uh, for an Irish Lives Matter a, a matter a spray sign in Belfast in Northern Ireland. So uh, it is being treated as a hate incident, police have said. I mean, 
like like i said last week there is literally no one for real irish nationalists to vote for like Sinn Féin are fake nationalists i mean they're not for uh, preserve, preserving uh the culture and uh, traditions of uh, the Irish Indigenous people. Also, uh, I should mention it was good that Gert Wilders uh, said uh, said to uh, Ezra Levant uh, that uh, the uh, the rights of the Indigenous uh, Dutch uh, people needed to be put first. Uh, so it's interesting that when when it comes to uh, Indigenous people who are white, uh, apparently. Uh, they're uh, preserving the indigenous uh, culture and identity uh, doesn't matter probably because oh well they were racist colonial empires who oppressed the uh, the world and steal the, the the wealth and the resource of third world blah 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 blah. All right, I've gone a well over time now, uh, so I will just go through here now. I'll tell you where uh, there there wasn't a riot uh, a riot by uh, natives, indigenous people in response to a terrorist stabbing. That was in uh, Paris. So outside the Eiffel Tower, a uh, jihadist who stabbed a young German man to death and injured two others. He had been released from prison in 2020, despite having planned a terrorist attack in 2016. I mean, this is uh, this sounds like a what's uh, what's happened with the uh, released detainee who's uh, been arrested for indecent assault here in Australia. The killer was later named as Armin uh, Rabapour uh, Minop, uh, who was born in France in 1997 to Iranian parents. Uh, so, oh, you can say that he's a, nat- a, na- a native-born, uh, naturalized. I thought it's it's a it's a very very uh, very fr- uh, French name there. So second generation, and we've seen this in Australia, I, a lot of uh, the youngsters who've been uh, arrested for terrorism offences, uh, many of them have been born here. Now, I will touch on briefly uh, the update uh, for uh, the in the US 2024 presidential election. So we had... Uh, Ron DeSantis debate uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom. It was billed as the California-Florida uh, debate. Gavin Newsom is seen as a, a, what is it, an emergency presidential candidate if Joe Biden is to become permanently senile or die in between now and the 2024 election. Uh, though Larry Elder, who ran against Gavin Newsom in the uh, the 2021 20, uh, Recall, uh, recall election has said that uh, a, the a, the the blacks uh, who vote Democrat won't cop a, 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 a won't a, won't won't cop uh, Kamala Harris being passed over as the presidential nominee over a white man uh, Gavin Newsom, even though Kamala Harris is not a traditional African American, she's part Afro Caribbean, part Indian, so. It's really weird that they identify just because she sort of claims that she's African-American. And also, uh, so 
Ron DeSantis, uh, he he was uh, looking like he was uh, the the main challenger uh, to uh, Donald Trump, uh, the uh, well incumbent uh, president in a way. He has been president president uh, for four years and is seeking another four years. But uh, the uh, Republican establishment, the neocons, the rhinos, they're all uh, gathering around a Nikki Haley. Uh, who is uh, the neocons and uh, a identity politics on the right dream girl, uh, the, the daughter of uh, Indian uh, Sikh immigrants, never seen a war she doesn't like, uh, is for the national security state, and she has now got the backing of Americans for Prosperity Action, uh, which is a lobby group that was set up uh, by uh, the Koch brothers, Koch brothers, uh, Charles Koch and his late brother, David Koch, uh, when they were uh, funding the Tea Party. Now, the Koch brothers, they, in interviews, said they were libertarians, even though, like, Nikki Haley is the least libertarian candidate. I mean, this is just... uh, I mean, these sorts of uh, groups, like if uh, if a, a Republican candidate says, I'll do tax cuts, they're like, oh, my God, you are the best candidate ever. Here's millions of our dollars for for, for, for campaigning. So this is, uh, uh, they're going to continue, I think, these uh, establishment uh, groups who just sort of want uh, want a, a somebody who play ball with, uh, with a deep state and just throw some sort of uh, pieces of... Uh, not even red meat, but sort of bits of mince uh, to the the base. Uh, So we shall see if this makes any difference. Like, obviously, money buys a, a, you know, can prop up a campaign, uh, but it certainly can't buy buy everything. Donald Trump, even though he's a billionaire, he self-funded his campaign, didn't have uh, other billionaires backing him. Pale Conservative Australian says they are Open Borders Libertarians. Check out Open Borders Inc. by Michelle Malkin. Uh, back in the, the 80s, uh, Murray Rothbard, the great Austrian uh, a libertarian economist, anarcho-capitalist, uh, split from the, the Koch uh, brothers uh, who uh, helped set up the Cato Institute and founded the, the rival, uh, well, it's a rival in a way, the Mises Institute, which is the, in my opinion, the the greatest uh, greatest uh, institution known known to man, pure uh, Austrian, uh, not uh, a a cucked a Washington uh, Beltway a libertarian lobby group who like to rub shoulders with the powerful. It's based based in Auburn, Alabama, out in real America, and of course has uh, great people associated. Uh, with it, such as uh, Tom Woods, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Lou Rockwell, Ron Paul. Uh, so they are the, the the actual, real, principled libertarians and don't just go with the flow. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for uh, your company on Tim's News Explosion once again. Went off with uh, without a hitch. 
Uh, now, uh, paleoconservative Australian asked me at the beginning of the show, yes, I am going to plug Richard Wollstonecroft's a Melbourne Underground Film Festival for 2023. So it goes from uh, December the 8th to 14th. The first report from Tiger Mountain uh, that I published a, a published uh, this week. It's the, the first one uh, that we've published for a while. Uh, it was uh, promoting i.e. the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, MUF uh, is the acronym. Uh, now, all uh, venues will now be at uh, the Q Room at 371 Settlement Road in uh, Thomastown. Uh, so I have, uh, well, I've told Richard myself that I probably won't be making this year because Thomastown, it's way too far in the north. Uh, for me, that's basically... Well, uh, near the, what is it, Broad Meadows area, which is basically sort of Ar Arabic, uh, Turkish uh, country Country now. I'd, I'm a southerner. I don't venture that far north, but obviously I wish uh, Richard all the best uh, success. He's going on the Sam Newman You Cannot Be Serious uh, podcast uh, this week uh, to promote uh, Muff, which is very uh, exciting. Uh, Sam Newman, uh, even though Don Scott uh, decided to uh, quit over uh, Sam's campaign against The Voice and Welcome to Country, Sam is continuing uh, solo and still has uh, some occasional uh, co-hosts as well. Now, there'll be raw reports uh, from Tiger Mountain uh, later uh, this week on current events. I didn't get time to do a Israel-Palestine update tonight, but probably do one tomorrow night with a theorist with myself and Andy Notch, which will only be on Odyssey and Rumble since we got another strike on the channel. We're on two strikes, so it'll be on Odyssey and Rumble for the foreseeable future. Most of you I know are over on the chat on the Odyssey channel, uh, so let me uh, know uh, if you're going to be on Odyssey or Rumble. Uh, Lady of Shalott sends her apologies. I'm going to see Morrissey tomorrow night. Have fun with that. And also remember, uh, if you uh, want to support the work of the Unshackled, uh, instead of sending a, a super chat, uh, you can uh, send through either a direct donation via the website, theunshackled.net slash donate, or take out a premium uh, membership, uh, theunshackled.net slash membership, $5 per month, $10 per month, a $25 per month, and $50 per month. That's all tonight. Uh, so in the next few days, stay cool. Uh, I mean, and put sunscreen on. I mean, it's easy to to cope with hot weather. Just do the basics and, you know, you won't faint and just uh, be able to enjoy the, the sunshine. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.